Hello and welcome to the Holmes Politicast. We have got a lot. Oh my goodness, there's so much to talk about today. We will be talking about the riots that are happening all over the country, really. Um, I, I can't really not talk about those. We are going to be talking about what started them, uh, narrative, why it's so important. Again, uh, big, big example of why setting a narrative during this time helps to just keep that narrative rolling. And the media is complicit in doing this. Obviously, they have their own narrative that they want to push. We're going to find out what it is today. Well, we all know what it is today, but we're going to see it played out uh, almost, almost word perfectly. So... Let's jump into it. All right. So since the biggest thing happening right now is rioting everywhere, we're going to start there. Um, there's a lot of misinformation going on about riots. Uh, there's, pro- I mean, there's, there's, there's both protests and riots going on. Um, both of those things are happening. Um, the protests are great. I think they should protest. What happened to that uh, to George Floyd was awful. That police officer is in custody, as far as I know. If something has changed, I, w- I would love a correction. But as far as I know, he is in custody as of uh, June 3rd. So justice is being dispensed by the system as it was designed to do. Now, I am aware that there were three other cops there or four other cops. I think it was three other cops. There were three other cops there. They are all in custody as far as I'm aware as well. There are investigations ongoing into what happened, into why this police was on the police force. And... As far as I can tell, justice is being done. So, why riot? Why loot? Obviously, there's no reason for looting. I mean, looting is doing nothing to uh, honor George Floyd. Uh, His family has said as much. Uh, They've said knock it off. Um, The rioting... There are... There are certain instances in which I would support rioting. Not rioting in the sense that you're going around burning everything, but there are some things egregious enough that it demands violent action. Obviously, our country was founded on revolt. Um, This is not that for all the guru you know history gurus out there on the internet uh for all the the you know people with fake history degrees this is not that uh going into a target and grabbing a flat screen tv is not the same as dumping tea into a harbor to protest king george's treatment of the colonies to suggest as much is kind of dumb so the looting is obviously unjustified under any circumstances. You shouldn't be going in and taking other people's stuff. Rioting is justified in some circumstances when there is gross misjustice being carried out on a daily basis. That is not that either. This is not that either. So here's how a narrative develops. You get every single 
case of a thing that you can't say police violence against black men. Well, there are a lot of black men that commit crimes. There's going to be a lot of police violence against black men, right? And most of it is legitimate. And what the media does is they pick out certain instances and hype them every so often. It's like, say, Michael Brown, who, after they hyped them, was later found to have been charging the police. Uh, There was very questionable activity, and the officers were well within their right to fire. And yet we heard about Michael Brown, and we continue to hear about Michael Brown. I, I have people that I go to school with that post things with his name in a list of grievances right there, Michael Brown. I'm like, do you not know that that case was dismissed, that the officers were ruled to be in the right? Of course he doesn't, because the story is on page one, the correction is on page 15 at the bottom in very small print. That's how a narrative continues to develop. And now I'm not comparing George Floyd to that. I'm saying that this is how a narrative is developed. And I have an example of it in the Detroit Free Press today. So there's an article, okay? Police protesters clash in Detroit. 21-year-old dead after shooting. So... What started as a peaceful protest against police brutality at Detroit Public Safety Headquarters on Friday afternoon turned into a series of violent clashes between police and protesters throughout downtown past midnight. A 21-year-old man from East Point was also fatally shot by an unknown suspect in the area of Congress and Randolph. Detroit police say the circumstances surrounding the incident are still being investigated. At least 60 people were arrested in connection to the protests, according to Detroit police. The majority of those arrested reside outside Detroit, within the metro Detroit area, police said. Protesters and police in riot gear began facing off near the Renaissance Center about 9.45 p.m. From that point on, the scene became tense and frequently violent for the next several hours as police tried to relocate protesters out of downtown. So the article goes on, I mean, pretty standardly, uh, it talks, it details, you know, how events led up to the police getting violent and um, not really violent, but more aggressive, um, pushing protesters out of downtown as individual protesters started committing more and more acts of violence and vandalism and uh, stuff like that. The, The Detroit police noted by the way that they they were people from out of town but i mean it's it's really hard to keep a protest together when you got people running off and committing acts of vandalism and rioting and smashing things and doing all sorts of i mean unnecessary things to protest It's, it's really hard to justify not clearing them out Um, There were officers attacked down there, the Detroit Free Press reports. Um, Now, so they do do report accurately what's going on with these riots. And here's where they're they're trying to slip in their narrative is they talk about the protest, which obviously I'm talking about the protest too. I, I, I encourage protests against... You know, unjust actions. Again, what I've seen from this, there is no unjust action taken against this police. He's not roaming free. 
He's facing murder charges. Uh, so I'm not sure what the protesters are protesting. Um, they they do actually list things. Um, let's see. They they get to the bottom here, and they start listing you know grievances. Um, because some of the protesters were listing these grievances too. Um, I don't think any of the rioters were, but the, there's a lot of anger over these grievances, and some of them are just not true, right? Um, so, Another attendee, Austin Dunson, 31, said the melting pot of people who showed up to decry police brutality left him encouraged. Dunson, a Detroit musician who goes by Apropos, Apropos, held a sign that read, Am I Next? Being black in America, when I wake up every day and I see something like we saw with George Floyd, it only makes me think that that could be me, he said. If I get pulled over and get thrown on the ground, will there be a knee on my neck? Now, they note that signs at the rally recalled other black lives taken, including Breonna Taylor, um, who was killed in a drug raid on her home after she opened fire on police. So I don't think that's really a great example of police brutality. Uh, Ahmaud Arbery, who wasn't killed by police, he was killed by an ex-police, um, but he is now facing charges as well. So just like another example of people, it's actually an example of America is not racist. Uh, people saw that video and there was outcry and outrage that these cops had not been arrested yet. And within a week they were arrested. Like that is evidence that we do not live in a racist country. This dude doesn't have to wake up being terrified every day. The media is feeding him that narrative and uh, the, the next two they list, Trayvon Martin, 2012, Ayanna Stanley Jones, uh, let's see, seven-year-old girl fatally shot in a shot during a Detroit police raid in 2010. So, I mean, their narrative is based on such thin evidence because they use people that, you know, they can't really use anymore. They can't really say, you know, they can't really put um, Michael Brown in here because uh, he doesn't fit the narrative anymore. I'm, I'm surprised Taylor's in here uh, because they link actually to a story uh, saying that, um, there was a, it was Louisville police officers fatally shot Brianna Taylor, 26, after midnight on March 13th at her home during a narcotics investigation. Officers knocked at the door several times and announced their presence. Before forcing their way into the home, the Louisville police said they were immediately met by gunfire and Mrs. Taylor's boyfriend shot an officer in the leg, the police said. 
So I'm surprised they're using her as a death when they had a they in this this article from the New York Times says they had a warrant. Uh, they went in. They were met with gunfire. Right? They had a no knock search warrant, so they didn't even need a knock. Okay. So this is this is a. I'm surprised they included this in here. Um. Because, I mean, by all evidences, her, she was using her house as a drug factor, or as a drug uh, ring, so I don't think that's going anywhere. Um, so there, there's the Detroit Free Press spinning narrative for you. Uh, I agree with the protests. Uh, I don't agree with this narrative that black people are being hunted down in the streets every day, all day. Um, you know, it's... And I know police are targeting black men more. But as I said before, black people are the ones committing more of the crimes. That is a factor in this. Okay? That is a factor. Part of the factor of how police interact with you is your level of crime in the community as a group. As So police have to profile all the time. They have to make snap decisions like this. And if the if the data is saying... You know, 40% of the crimes are being committed by 14% of the population. Yeah, they're going to interact with black people differently than they do white people. It's, it's, it's an unfortunate fact, but it is. And it's something that needs to change within the black community that their crime rate goes, their crime rate needs to go down. I mean, they, they, and, and what's going to, what is going to do that is not just, it may be more policing. More policing is definitely needed in black communities. Um, I know that a lot of times they are under-policed. Um, but also, having a father in the home is something that is going to do the most good. There is there is so many. I think like 74% of uh, black women are single, or black mothers are single mothers. Uh, so that, I mean, that percentage is staggering. And... That's where a lot of problems are going to stem from. Because you know what we see? We see in white communities where the same action is being taken, they're getting the same results. They get police brutality against the white people in that area. They get excessive use of force complaints. Because they're always having to use force with criminals. They always have to use it. So when you get to a situation where maybe it's too far, maybe it's questionable, they're usually going to err on too much. Because they're always dealing with violence. So, and I'm not saying that, that uh, with, with this, you know, police officer being on this dude's neck for eight minutes, that that's justified. That's not. But I'm saying that there is a, there is a reality in the black community that there's a problem. And that needs to be addressed. And I'm going to identify as black today so that I can actually, you know, talk about this and not be labeled as racist for, you know, pointing out obvious differences in, you know, lifestyle um, but that, that's, I mean, that's, that's where the narrative is right now. That's the narrative trying to be pushed. Um, and it's, it's kind of disgusting to see the media pivot so quickly from protests are just the most awful thing in the world to protests are beautiful, uh, when they've got burning buildings in the background and they're flipping over cars and lighting them on fire. That is the most amazing thing to me.
And not only are they manipulating you with riots, they're also still manipulating you about the protests. Oh, so that's fun. Um, so there was this piece from the M Live, M Live from Gus Burns. Gus Burns, come on, do better. Uh, this might have been an editorial decision, actually. Uh, Anti Whitmer group cancels rally at Michigan Capitol, condemns George Floyd protests, or condemns George Floyd police riots in Minneapolis. So, yeah, it's, it's part of the headline. Um, it was probably an editorial decision. But uh, Gus Burns starts off, Michigan United for Liberty, a group with the stated goal of ending Governor Gretchen Whitmer's unconstitutional lockdown orders, in scare quotes, canceled a planned Saturday rally at the Michigan Capitol, canceled a planned Sunday rally at the Michigan Capitol Saturday. Sorry, uh, can't cancel a planned Saturday rally on Saturday. Well, you could, I guess, in the morning. But um, the decision was immediately made when the Michigan United for Liberty was informed that another group of demonstrators planned to descend on the Capitol that same day, ostensibly to protest the killing of George Floyd by Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin. The group said in a press statement Friday afternoon. So I'm just going to keep my thoughts on this really brief because the piece was good. Uh, I read through it and Gus Burns did a good job. Uh, he didn't say, claim they were anti-Whitmer groups. He kept on calling them Michigan United for Liberty. Um, so obviously an editorial decision, but a decision that I'm live made nonetheless to try and manipulate you. You know who's not going to try and manipulate you? Me. Yes, me. So uh, I, I actually will try and give you the God honest truth. And that, you know that's why I started this podcast. I think that matters. Um, so, and with that, we'll be back Friday, uh, with more updates on, uh, the coronavirus. I wanted to talk about a lot about coronavirus. Uh, I just didn't have, you know, the time to research it, but, uh, governor Whitmer, um, so be looking forward to this governor Whitmer, uh, testified before Congress, the United States Congress about, uh, her policies and her COVID-19 response. So, I'll be researching that a little bit. We're going to be talking about that on Friday. Uh, so it'll be a good show. Also, we have got our first article online. Yes, first article. So go to our website, check out our article uh, written by Faith Ann. Um, it's her first article. So give her some feedback on it. We'd love comments on it. Uh, yeah. So thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you Friday. See you then.